0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 633 of the Juicebox podcast. Today's show is with Jana. She's an adult living with type 1 diabetes who participated in a Viacite trial. So I don't want to get all technical, but Viacite is a company And they take these cells and put them inside of these little, like, packets and insert them under your skin. And the cells are supposed to make insulin. If that's not exactly correct, I'm not a scientist. But that's the gist, the vibe. That's what they're going for. And Jana had that done to her. She's going to tell you all about it now. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your health care plan or becoming bold with insulin. Are you the kind of person that wants to help? Do you live in the United States and have type 1 diabetes? Do you live in the United States and care for someone who has type 1 diabetes? Well, if you do, and you are, t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. Take the survey, help people living with type 1. Super simple. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. The podcast is also sponsored by Touched by Type 1. Head over to dot oneorg and find them on Instagram and Facebook. Touched by Type 1 has a mission to elevate awareness of Type 1 diabetes, raise funds to find a cure, and inspire those with diabetes to thrive. Touchedbytype1.org.
1: Hi, Scott. I am Jana. I am from Texas. Um, I am from Northeast Texas because when you do interviews, you always want to know about accents. Well, people in the larger cities are going to be like, she is not from Texas. She's from Arkansas. I am from Northeast Texas, <laughs> so you're, so, uh,
0: you're northeast I, enough that it sounds like Arkansas. Oh
1: yeah, okay. Oh yeah, um, but I currently live in Austin. I've lived in Austin for the last fifteen years, um, and you know, I heard that you wouldn't mind traveling to Austin once this COVID stuff is under wraps. So come on down. We got extra rooms. Bring garden. Bring the whole family.
0: I would love to. I would. I don't. I don't know that getting in a room and talking about diabetes is a thing that's going to happen again for quite some time. So and I have to tell you that the other side of it is is that you and I will reach more people than I could reach like with this recording than I could reach flying all over the country for months. So right. you start getting into that situation as well. Um but okay, so you're not from Arkansas because is there a problem from being from Arkansas or? No. No, it's no, just okay.
1: I'm just saying that, you know, how you like to, di- I, I've noticed how you like to differentiate people's accents, especially when they're from certain states that say rough and roof the same.
0: I'm like, what are we doing? Um...
1: <laughs> so when people are like, she does not sound like she's from Texas. Yes, I'm from Texas. I lived in Texas. Most of my life spent a very small amount of time in the Pacific Northwest, but um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've that's, been in-
0: how, that's how you got back to Austin. Yep. You, you went from you went from Northeast Texas, and hippied yourself up a little bit in the upper Northwest of the country. and Then you came back and you're like, well, I can't go back to, the, now I got to go to Austin, right? Is that what
1: happened? <laughs> Actually, uh, a guy drew me to Austin. If you want to be <laughs> real honest, I- uh, my husband and I met in law school at Baylor in Waco. And he graduated a year before me and he lived in Austin. And so I, um, came on down to Austin after
0: Waco making a comeback. I keep hearing.
1: Yeah. Waco was not what it is now when I lived there. So, um, yeah,
0: I love that. I don't know if Waco is making a comeback. I don't know if it needed a comeback, but I keep hearing it everywhere. So,
1: um, it's not a comeback, um, because you would have had to have been something at one point (laughs) to have a comeback. (laughs) Janet. Make Waco's regenerating itself.
0: <laughs> Jenny, you're, you're just swinging right away. Like, <laughs> all right. So what's your connection to diabetes before I get you in trouble with like people who live in Waco, which
1: <laughs> I'm already in trouble. Yeah. Sorry, Chip and Joanna. No, um, <laughs> I have, um, been diabetic type one for the past 19 years. I was diagnosed in 2002. I was 23 years old at the time. Um, so yeah. Hmm.
0: Jenna listens to the podcast <laughs> she's like i'll just answer all of his stupid questions before he even asks them what do you think <laughs> all right so 19 years ago uh fairly long time ago uh, but you're on the podcast for like a fairly specific reason so i don't think i want to i'm not sure where i want to head with this first so are are you part of the vitacyte trial
1: I am currently implanted with the Viacite PEC Incap devices.
0: Okay, now, when did that happen?
1: It's spring.
0: Recently, mm-hmm. spring twenty twenty one.
1: Correct. Excellent.
0: Yeah, right. Then
1: that none none of the viasite PEC Incap surgeries happened before January of this year. Okay. So the actual implanting of this phase two um, of this trial didn't start before January of this year.
0: Okay. So you're in a trial. It's not Mm a, all right. So my understanding of, of all this, and you'll stop me and and fill in the the gaps where I'm wrong. This goes back a long time ago. I interviewed a doctor who I think was working for the JDRF back then. It was a really long time ago. And he was telling me about, we're going to put, cells inside of this membrane pouch and then put the membrane pouch inside of people and the membrane's going to stop your immune system from killing the cells inside and the cells inside are going to make insulin. Is that about right?
1: That's about right for their, for their encapsulated device. Yeah.
0: Encapsulated device. And and which, Mm -hmm. and is that what you have?
1: That's what I have. Yes. Okay. All
0: right. They have other stuff you're saying too.
1: Yes. They have other clinical trials going on um, with one other product and they have another product Um, in the making. But yes, it goes back a really long time. Um, They, last night, I decided to pull up a video just to kind of see what some of their first talkings about it was. And it was a video that I pulled up from 2014, talking about how they would, you know, plan out this trial and do it and whatnot. And it's, it's interesting to go back and watch them talk about that now that you've participated.
0: (laughs) Did it not go the way they thought it was going to go?
1: nothing ever goes the way you think it's going to go, especially in speed. Um, you know, things always take longer than you think they're going to take. And I mean, the last year and a half of our lives, everything has slowed down.
0: Yeah. I just went back to my, my website and, and searched for viasight, And no kidding. I wrote that article in t- December of 2014 about encapsulation. Mm-hmm. In How about that? Wow. That's a long time ago. I have to tell yeah. you that when I was interviewing him, and I, sa- I I remember asking the question: "If you had everything you needed right now, like he, the science was where it needed to be, and the materials, and blah blah, like how long till somebody could get this?" and he said, 10 years." And I was like, "Oh," which was a little deflating. You know what I mean? You're like, you're like, "Oh, that's, that seems like a long time from now." Uh, but here we are. 2021 and you're, you're, you're doing it. So does it, I don't know if I want to ask you if it works yet. Let me, no, no, I'm not going to ask. Okay.
1: That let me tell you what, what I can and cannot talk about.
0: Oh, okay. There's parameters. This is like a date. Go ahead. Tell me.
1: Right. Because, I mean, I'm in the middle of a trial, so I can't reveal any test results or confidential or proprietary information. So I can't sit here and tell you, hey, this is working or, hey, this isn't working. Um, I can tell you my experiences with the clinical trial and what it's like to, you know, decide to sign up for this and to be cut open and, you know, to decide, Hey, are you going to really be okay if this does not work Mm -hmm. and you've just volunteered your body to science as a guinea pig? Okay, Well, We'll
0: go through that. And when we get to the end, I'll ask you some slick question about your insulin usage and we'll, we'll be fine. So, um, all right. What made you want to do this?
1: Okay. So, um, I am a little bit of a control freak. Um, I think that God purposefully gives people that are a little bit of control freak type one diabetes. So they have something they have to control all the time. No, (laughs) that's not completely true, but um, yeah, I am one of those people that wants to be part of something if I think that my involvement might give me a different perspective on it than if someone else was telling me their experience with it. So this came about through my local endocrinologist's office, putting out a Facebook message saying, hey, we're going to be involved in this. Anybody interested? (laughs) And so they got a ton of response. This was in October of 2020. They got a ton of response and started screening people and whatnot. And I had to go do a lot of research on the ways that um, the cells within the Biosight NCAP device are created in order to see if I really wanted to participate just from my own personal perspective. And once I came to the point that I was like, yeah, I'm okay with this. I want to participate. How am I going to feel about being cut open? I had never had surgery before other than two C-sections. So I had never been under general anesthesia and um, participating in a clinical trial like this. It's one of the most invasive clinical trials out there because you're going through several surgeries. Um, So it's a, so, thing to wrap your head around.
0: Hold on, but don't, let's not get too far before I ask you, you wanted to know where the cells came from, like for your like personal belief system. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Yep. And so you found out where they came from. Can you tell me where they come from? Or is that? Yeah.
1: Um, they're embryonic stem cells that, um, via has differentiated into pancreatic precursor cells. So they have they have the ability to generate an unlimited amount of pancreatic precursor cells from this one donated embryonic stem cell line that they purchased. So um, yeah. So they put the precursor pancreatic cells into this pouch Mm -hmm. and they let them grow and do as they're supposed to inside there. And there are three types of cells that can be grown with inside the pouch, which would be your alpha, your delta, and your beta cells. And so what, what part of the trial is, is seeing what does actually grow, you know, seeing what, um, nutrients and proteins are able to pass through the barrier of, um, the encapsulated pouch And still keep our immune systems from having a response because they don't let things out of the pouch. They don't let the cells out of the pouch. So
0: it's interesting. Your immune system doesn't mind the pouch. It would just mind the cells inside of it.
1: Oh, well, your immune system does mind the pouch Um, there. That's what they're testing too, because it's a combination clinical trial. So they're actually testing the pouch, which was created by W.L. Gore. And you Anytime you put anything foreign in your body, you can have a foreign body response. So they're testing for that. They're seeing how much of a foreign body response you have to that. And if fibrosis occurs and totally negates the ability of the cells within the pouch because too much fibrosis happens around the pouch itself. So yeah, it's a a combination clinical trial in the fact that they're testing the device and the cells inside the device.
0: How large is the pouch?
1: Okay, so I had 12 devices put inside of me. Um, They say that the larger ones, which are the dose finding units, are about the size of half of a credit card cut lengthwise. And then the smaller units, which are known as Sentinel units, um, are about the size of your thumbnail. Um, the sentinel units are the ones during this clinical trial that they would go in and take out in order to do their continuing research throughout the trial to see how your body was responding to those and, you know, if cells inside of them stayed alive and, and that type of thing. Okay. Um, and, um, so yeah, I had nine of the larger dose finding pouches and originally had three of the, um, sentinel devices.
0: So they put these in, they stay in for an amount of time, then they go retrieve them so they can do tests on the cells that are inside. Mm-hmm. Do they look at the surrounding area too, see how your body reacts?
1: I mean, of course they do. They're cutting away some of the surrounding area because your body has to grow around the pouches in order for them to vascularate. And and perform, you know, so you can't just put something inside your body and expect it to start. Well, you cannot put this product inside your body and expect it to start working immediately. It has to grow blood vessels around it, and you know, has to um, get nutrients to those pancreatic precursor cells inside of it, so that they will start growing and producing and and whatnot. So, yeah, the process that. Viacite chose to do um, in this trial was to implant the three different Sentinel devices and take them out at stages along the way.
0: Interesting. Okay. Um, This just started this spring, but you've had 12 surgeries already?
1: No, 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 no. No. I'm implanted with 12 devices, so they put everything in at once.
0: Okay. All right. That's. I was like, I I, I started wondering, like, did you have to quit your job? Like, how much of your life did you give up for this? (laughs)
1: So giving up your life is not something that a clinical trial ever needs to be anything that you have to do for it. Like um, this is an extremely invasive clinical trial. And you and like, yeah, the first the first surgery where they put all 12 devices in me Mm -hmm. at day three. Which, you know, after the car wreck, they always say day three is the worst. So I kind of equate that with surgery. At day three, I was like, how, why in the world did I do this? What was I thinking? This is stupid. This is worse than my C sections.
0: So pain, <laughs> soreness, like just it was.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, at least when you'd had babies, you got something cute to play with at day three. Yeah, <laughs> you if, if you're lucky. If you're lucky. Um, but, um, but, That, that was the hardest day. And then getting past it, it only took about a week for me to really get over that initial surgery and be like, okay, this is fine. The second surgery that I had where they took out, um, Sentinel devices, Scott, I was practically back to normal the next day. Mm -hmm. Like. It, it was, it was kind of knock on wood, nothing, because I don't want to say that. And it jinx everything else in the future. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was fairly easy to recover from. So my whole point of doing this podcast with you is to be out there giving the perspective of the patient that has gone through at least part of this clinical trial and being like, you guys, the only way we are ever going to find a practical functional cure is if you sign up to do this stuff and it's really not that bad.
0: Mm, Okay. So, (laughs) so the, the, there is a pouch inside of you now that is the thing they're testing their theoretical product and you're waiting for blood vessels to grow around it to see if it works takes hold. I I don't know which words to use here, but I'm right about that, right? That's still in there.
1: Yes, there are there are several pouches still inside me and okay. um, all of the dose finding units are still inside me. Some of the ones that were the smaller ones that they um, planned you know, to take out along the way so that they could study how those had reacted. Some of those have been removed, okay. but all of the dose finding units are currently still inside me.
0: Gotcha. So some of them have been retrieved for testing. Some of them are still inside. Is the plan for you to keep them? Like, Is there a world where weeks, months from now or already you don't need insulin because of this pouch and they have to take it out of you?
1: So the way that they are hoping to market this product in the future is that these would be devices that are implanted and used for a couple of years at a time. And so you will never be able to produce insulin without the devices being inside you. Right. You know, it's a clinical trial so they're trying to find that timeline of how long can this really go on still producing and still achieving a goal um or or is it a lot shorter than we thought? Is it a lot longer than we thought? Um the The procedure for the portion of the trial, the phase of the trial that I signed up for was for the devices to be inside me for a year. So
0: there's a real world that a year from now, you don't need man-made insulin, and they're going to call you and be like, hey, give it back. And I'm assuming at that point, you pack up a car and bug out and pretend you don't exist anymore and keep it.
1: (laughs) They'll come find me, Scott. (laughs) um the vi- yeah I mean the virus that- like
0: stormtroopers will come for- <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: right. um so yeah like and some of my friends were like so you just go back to well-managed diabetes like like you were before and I'm like "Hmm." and I'm like and you're willing to do this and I'm like yeah because a cure is it's what the goal is, you guys. And it takes people being willing to take the proceed to do the procedures in order to get there. Um, hmm.
0: Well, yeah. okay. I'm trying to wrap my head around that right now because I feel like I'm a fairly decent person and I wouldn't give it back. I'd be like,
1: oh, <laughs> oh, no, no You would go to Mexico. Like, I gotta, I'm out of <laughs> here, man.
0: I, I mean I don't know which way I'd go. Mexico, Canada, Canada's kind of weird right now. I'm not sure where I would go exactly, but I don't I don't know. Like my self-preservation would kick in at some point and I'd be like no thank you. Uh I I but th- it would stop working at some point. I mean, that's their expectation about it.
1: That's uh, their expectation. Yes. Yeah. And one of the other reasons that I also jumped in this trial, and this is just a me personal reason, I've always thought that Yes, you have diabetes and yes, it's treated with insulin. But if these actual functioning pancreatic cells got inside you, how much better would your quality of life actually be versus just dosing with insulin and keeping your blood sugar at a good level? You know, like it can can you fight that weight gain a little bit easier when you have functioning pancreatic cells and you're not having to. Dose for a low, you yeah. Know? No, of course. Um, so, yeah, there were some things like that that made me highly interested in it. That aren't even talked about in this study, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you participate in a clinical trial, one of the things that I have found the most frustrating is um, they have all their questions and they interview you at every appointment, but there's not just a general session where you feed back all of your input
0: yeah does that mean no it does so, because they're tracking certain things and if you start saying stuff that they're not tracking then they got to start tracking that too and that becomes and it might confuse them I guess they're probably laser focused on the stuff they're trying to to figure out um can I ask you I don't this doesn't really matter but I'm just interested are you getting paid for this is there some cheddar that comes your way?
1: so in most clinical trials, and um, especially trials that you'll find on like clinicaltrials.gov, people do get compensated in some fashion. Mm-hmm. So um, I am getting compensated a little. Like, I mean, it's not much at all. <laughs> um, especially considering what all you're putting your body through for this. Yeah. Um, my mom, I had previously had participate in some clinical trials that were ran by universities, and she was never compensated at all. So um, it it depends upon where the funding is coming from for the clinical trial. And they they tell you up front if you will be compensated and how the compensation schedule is going to work and that type of thing.
0: Is it, um, is it like... <laughs> Is it like you got a new sofa compensation, or it just doesn't cost you anything to drive there and the time you miss from work and stuff like that?
1: Okay, so I'll give it to you this way. Okay, I really want to have LASIK. I might be able to afford LASIK at the end of this. Nice. <laughs> hey, it's not bad. But I mean, there's a lot of surgery, Scott.
0: Like- <laughs> oh, you're like you're like, no, Scott, it's not as much as you think. <laughs> So I, I see what you're saying. A few thousand dollars to a handful of thousands of dollars ish in there somewhere. And okay.
1: And yeah, like um each little office visit, um, I'm compensated an amount less, way less than the doctor would bill for that office visit. Do
0: you like... Steal office supplies while you're there, like pads of paper, pencil, stapler, stuff no, like that. To, no, no. Uh,
1: do you know how many times I've walked past the Tagaderm and gone, man, I just could take that box? That's mine. <laughs> I'm taking I'm owed
0: this. Can you imagine? You got all like nasty in there. You're like, give me this and give me this too. And I want paper towels. <laughs> I think that lady took our paper towel. She said she was owed. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, how long has it been in there now?
1: Um, since the spring, my devices were implanted. Where is there exactly? uh, Mine are all in the admin. Everyone that has participated in, in this phase two of biocytes trial, they're all in the admin. Okay. Um, so basically I'm, I'm short. So, um, from right underneath my chest, all the way to beside my belly button, there are three slits on each side that are about an inch long top to bottom each. Hmm. And then they basically fillet you. So they kind of butterfly you. They stick this like scalpel thing down inside that cuts you each direction from that incision and slide their little credit card like thing in there and sew you back up.
0: Jenna, you're not selling it right now. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> 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 <Okay>. <laughs> um. But that's really cool that you did that. So it's all right. So they're down your abdomen, a uh, number of different incisions. You have scars, I imagine, that are, and they have to be reopened. So you're, you were okay with having scars when this is over?
1: I mean, I wouldn't have done it. If you if, weren't okay if, with it. Yeah. yeah. I, um, you know, every scar has a story. This story is kind of unique. Um, yeah. And I, I'm not a bikini wearer to begin with. So, you know.
0: it's <laughs> <laughs> like, don't worry. It wasn't ruining my beach wear. Everything's fine. <laughs> Look at you, you. How long have you been married? 12 years. Oh, yeah. You don't care if he cares. I, I see what's going on. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. A <laughs> couple of kids.
1: Probably. I do have a couple of kids. Yeah. I have a nine year old daughter and a five year old son.
0: People don't understand that twelve year thing. That's like you're like four years past when you thought about getting divorced and decided not to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: You know what? I have not thought about getting. I did not think about getting divorced four years ago. We we're good. good. Very
0: smart of you to say that out loud in case he hears this. I get you. Good job. There you go. (laughs) No, I'm just joking. I'm just saying. Like that's that's one of those moments. Like if you're if you're married twelve years, you're gonna be married twenty years. You know what I mean? Like it's that like. Not for everybody, but you know what I mean. You hit like a rhythm. How old are your kids?
1: My daughter is nine and my son is five.
0: Do uh, Does anyone else in the family have any autoimmune stuff?
1: Oh, they have autoimmune stuff, but not type 1 diabetes. Gotcha.
0: More of garden variety celiac maybe?
1: My daughter has a ton of allergies. Mm-hmm. Um, she is allergic to dairy, all forms of dairy. She's allergic to nuts, all forms of nuts and seeds. And she has horrible eczema so much so that we are on biologics for it. Oh my gosh. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then extended family, my grandmother had lupus. I have an aunt and a cousin with lupus. There's a ton of ants with thyroid problems. I have huge extended families on both sides, and I am the only type 1 diabetic.
0: Um, biologics for the eczema, is it helping?
1: It's been fantastic.
0: Cool. What's it called?
1: <laughs> She's on Dupixent. Dupixent. We did a year of Zolaire, kind of off label with Zolaire, but mm-hmm. related so much to her allergies, her food allergies, that they really thought Zolaire might be the answer. And Zolaire did nothing for her. And then we started Dupixent last August. And Dupixent had only been approved in like May or June for children under the age of 12. So I was really hesitant about putting her on Dupixent. And it has changed our lives for the better so much, Scott. Like this is the first summer that we have been able to do um, like the beach in the summer because usually she can't handle the heat because it makes her eczema flare so horribly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we live in Texas. It's hot nine months out of the year. So our lives have really changed a lot in the past year. And I'm very thankful for those biologics that are out there.
0: She have hives or anything like that.
1: She has hives regularly. She um, most recently had a anaphylactic episode to what we think was um eggs which she's not allergic to cooked in butter at a restaurant it's a restaurant we go to all the time it's a restaurant that we have told you know no dairy well we guess she got cross-contaminated somehow so we had the most scary anaphylactic episode we've ever had she wound up fainting and yeah it was pretty bad
0: my god that sucks um okay yeah i have to tell you the uh, PR people are on top of things because when you Google Zolaire, DuPixin comes up first. Well done, ninjas. That is really interesting. <laughs> very, very well. Done. And by the way, whoever makes Zolaire, you better get on top of that. Your uh, your SEO game is weak. Um, but yeah, so she. what does she get that every month, an injection?
1: Yes, she gets an injection every month. Um, her allergist has already talked about starting to wane her off of it and I just begged to keep it for as long as we can. Like, and which is funny because a year ago I was so skeptical of it. And now I'm like, you're going to have to really present me with some studies that say that there are some bad long-term side effects if we leave her (laughs) on it. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's fairly new technology too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad you found something that helps her. Um, Okay. So prior to you doing this, study. How were your blood sugars? GVOC Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto-injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages 2 and above. Not only is GVOC Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. GVOKE shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk. I'd like to remind you again that if you're a U.S. resident who has type 1 diabetes, or you are a U.S. resident who cares for someone with type 1, you can do a lot for people living with type 1 diabetes by taking a short survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. This survey is completely HIPAA compliant. It is absolutely anonymous, and it will take you fewer than 10 minutes. You can do it right now from your phone or your iPad or your computer. I mean, you could probably be laying on the floor while you do it or standing on your head, or even probably using the bathroom. These are not hard questions, and you'll be able to answer them absolutely easily. It's not going to be like some stumper where they ask you something like, I don't know the answer to this. Like, you're going to know the answers to these questions. It's going to take you fewer than 10 minutes. You're going to help people with type 1 diabetes. You're going to help research for type 1. T1DExchange.org forward slash juice After the episode today, please go take the survey. If you don't think you can remember, pause the episode, take the survey, come back, listen to the rest of the episode. Any way you have to do it, however you can make it work, t1dexchange.org forward slash Juicebox. I appreciate you considering it.
1: I also started looping in November, so this and loop kind of go hand in hand with me <laughs> at the moment. Mm. Um. I will say that the five years of my life, um, between 2016 and now I was not as great of a type one diabetic as I should be. I was on the Omnipod. I've been on an Omnipod since the summer of 09. Um, but my A1Cs were in the sevens range, you know, 7.1 to, I think I got up to a 7.5 at some point. I was dedicating my life at that point to helping my parents. My mother had a form of dementia known as primary progressive aphasia. And she was diagnosed with that the year my daughter was born. And then I went ahead and had a second child. <laughs> you know, you, you start caring for other people instead of yourself in the way you should. Yeah. So, um, I, I was in the sevens, um, I started looping. I wasn't even on my Dexcom for five years because as I told my husband, I was like, I can't handle it telling me that I'm wrong all the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is that how it felt? Yep. Okay. Well, you, yep. <laughs> so you, You're in that interesting space where you've had diabetes for 20 years. So you have come through different versions of how to manage it. So I'm assuming at some point you were regular in MPH at some point, right?
1: No, I wasn't. Never? I have always been. I was I was Lantis and Humalog or Novolog to begin with. Okay. So um, yeah, and oh, yeah, it 91. actually.
0: I'm sorry. Go, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. yeah. 2002 was when I was diagnosed. Right. So I did MDIs for a couple of years um, back then, and then started on an Omnipod. I mean, not Omnipod. I'm sorry. A mini med pump. Um, and was on a Medtronic pump for. Several years and then went on the Omnipod in the summer of oh nine.
0: Okay. What, what, what about your management do you think was off that created it, made it more difficult for you?
1: I am horrible at pre-bullying. Okay. I am horrible at. Um. worrying too much about it like either either i'm completely on my game or i'm like yeah it'll handle itself does that make sense <laughs>
0: handle itself. Wait, it will <laughs> it will handle itself just
1: not the way you want. <laughs> um yeah so and i know this about myself and that's one of the reasons that i'm glad i'm looping now um mm-hmm. I am still on the master branch of Loop, so I'm not even on Autobolus. You'll you'll cringe when I tell you this. I don't even have a Night Scout account.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know the Night Scout thing. I'm okay with, but um, the uh, I would go to the Autobolus if I was you.
1: Yeah. Um. Okay. So you know when they give you directions and they say you really need to have all of this completely figured out before you do that. I'm one of those people that overthinks completely figured out. And so, for a long time, I did not think that I had my basal rates tuned in well enough to mm-hmm. flip to the autobolus. And then, once I figured out that I did, I had started this clinical trial and didn't really know if I had approval to change things up in that fashion. Mm-hmm. And then um, I have been given that approval to change things up in that fashion. So now I need to find the time to remember how to how to write loop
0: <laughs> Janet, Janet, do, I, do you need a stranger to tell you that you sh- it's okay if you take some time to take care of yourself
1: yeah
0: yeah I can, I, can say, I can say that if you need me to
1: <laughs> can I just hire you or Kenny to be my dad for a few days
0: <laughs> listen you throw that loop on there we'll we'll move those settings around all things are working and that'll be that done get you out of here by Monday um I, I think. Well, first of all, you should take care of yourself, obviously. And it's nice that you're worried about other people in your life, but you know, you're gonna you're gonna get through that part, and then look up, and it's gonna be too late for you, and then you know what I mean. That's then somebody well, somebody's gonna be looking out for you then.
1: And uh, I don't feel like that. I totally don't take care of myself. No, like,
0: no, your A one C is pretty good. You know,
1: well, honestly. I mean, I'm down to a five point nine. So oh, yeah, we're well, pretty good. <laughs> what
0: are we talking about? I meant I thought I was talking to somebody in the sevens and I was like, oh, You're doing you're doing pretty well. You know what I mean? No, like it's-
1: yeah, I was in the sevens, but what I'm saying is I started looping last November and, and now you're in the five. Um yeah, I'm a five point nine to a six point one for the last, you know, eight months. So I am um,
0: confused that if your if your brain tortures you the way you've described about like having everything thought through Completely before you do it. Like, how did you make the loop to go into a trial? The leap. I said loop. I'm. I, I might have. What is it called? Primary progressive aphasia. I just. I'm sorry. Just,
1: <laughs> you must have googled that one too.
0: Uh, <laughs> I, I pay attention while we're talking. So, um it, it, I didn't mean loop. The leap. How did you make the leap to to do the trial? If you have that controlling aspect to your nature.
1: Well, okay. So, I don't think that. There's any product out there right at the moment that they're going to stick inside you, and they're going—it's going to make you not have diabetes overnight. So you're always going to have a little bit of control with it, you know. Um, and I trust myself to know what I'm doing as far as dosing. Mm-hmm. That, and I—I I trusted them to not overdose you with these cells. <laughs> Um, so that, I, you know, if your body's working right with pancreatic cells inside of it, you're, you're not going to go too low because of the product they put inside you. Um, so my control of it would be controlling the highs. So yeah, I can okay. do that.
0: But the other parts didn't bother you. The, the surgeries and testing and stuff like that, that all seemed nope. okay. Um, Yep. Do you have like kind of an explorer nature to you in general?
1: Yeah, probably. Okay, I I never would have labeled it that way. I am a heavy researcher. So, you know, one of the things that I really want to encourage people to do, if you're interested in any clinical trial at all is, yeah, you're going to find out a little bit about it from the people conducting the trial, but you need to go out there and research everything you can that is a term that pops up within that information they give you. Like when they told me that they're putting a device inside of me, well, it's like, well, what happens when you implant something in your body that's made out of plastic or whatever it's made out of, you know? So you go and you find out about foreign body responses. And, um, I mean, the only surgeries I'd ever had were C-sections. So I knew, that with my first C-section, I developed a lot of scar tissue and you're like, okay, well, is this something that I want to take on considering that? But I knew with my second C-section, somehow the surgeon did it differently or my body responded differently because I developed no scar tissue.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) different responses each time, different surgeons, yo. Yeah. Okay.
1: So um, there's, there's a lot to consider when you think, Hey, I might want to be one of these people that's willing to go out there and do this. But if, if there aren't enough people willing to go out there and do this, you guys, we're not going to ever find this practical or functional cure because there's 14 people implanted with the product that I have in me right now in the U S for Biasite. Um, Cernova Corp has a, different product going on and they have people implanted, um, other product has people implanted with the direct ones and they have to take immunosuppressant drugs. Um, with Cernova's cell pouch, they have to take immunosuppressant drugs. That was not a route that I was willing to go down, but both of those also required you to be, um, a diabetic that couldn't tell when you were hypo, you know, you had to be high risk. So, If those people are willing to go out there and do that, we may find a cure for them quicker Mm. than you do for the ones that aren't willing to take immunosuppressant drugs.
0: Jenna, let me tell Uh, you something that I'm I'm talking to everybody listening, just not you. But it is incredibly difficult to find people to participate in anything, really. So mm -hmm. if you're really listening to this podcast and you're paying attention online and everything, you'll see me or hear me say, I need you to go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. I'm like, if you're a US citizen or the caregiver of a US citizen that has type one diabetes, and I'm like, and you go to the thing and you click on it and complete the survey. Like I'm talking you through it like you know, like I'm trying to get a like a five-year-old to put their dishes in the sink the right way, right? Because it is so hard just to to do research and T1D Exchange, as an example, isn't doing research where you even have to go to a doctor. It's just a survey. Like, it's questions. They're not even difficult questions. And it is in damn near impossible to get people to do it. And, mm-hmm. the, and the information that comes from the survey is really helpful for people with type 1. It literally doesn't take any time. It's so difficult that they came to me to try to reach people. And right. I, I was an out-of-the-box idea for them. Like when, when the first time they came to me, they are like, look, we've never done anything like this before. And this isn't how we usually try to reach people, but it's that difficult to reach people. And now, well,
1: and Scott, you know, you have the target audience. Like if you're going to care for your diabetes this much, then you're going to, you're going to go fill out a 10 question survey or whatnot, you know? But yeah, it's people that have found the juice box that are the target audience for clinical trial type stuff that's this invasive. Um,
0: Yeah, no, I'm glad you're here. It really, because even when you find the people, it's not like if I get a, it's not like if I get a hundred people to go to that link as this as an example, it's not like a hundred people even answer the questions. You still Mm -hmm. don't get, all of them don't, and there's nothing in there. Like it's not even, like you're not getting a surgery, you know what I mean? Like it's, Mm -hmm. and so I'm just making this, the point of is, it's really difficult to scale this thing. Like there are right. people out there that want to do it, but you have to reach a hundred of them to get 25 of them to do it. Or you have mm-hmm. to reach a thousand to get 250 people to do it. And listen, there's, I mean, I, I'm going to tell you that I don't think that anything in the zeitgeist reaches people with type one diabetes like this podcast does. And, and but still like, think about it. Like, uh, you know, T1D exchange said to me, like, we can sign up to, like, 6,000 people. Like, we can, you know, do that right now. I- I'm having trouble getting them to 6,000. And that's that. That that's crazy to me, but also it's not. It would mean that, you know, I'd have to reach hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people just to get back to this 6,000 people. It's, it's that hard. So if you're a person who's interested in doing stuff like this, like, don't stop yourself because you're a very small percentage of people. And, right. and they do need this The they need the people or, or like Jenna said, this stuff's not going anywhere without the testing. I'll tell you, as I'm saying this, I'm in an email conversation that's about to become a, an agreement. I, I think I'm going to be doing ads for T1D, uh, for trial net. Good. Like, but how, that shouldn't be difficult. You know what I mean? No. Like, but there it is. They're, they have trouble reaching people as well.
1: So even like last night, I listened to your To plizumab interview, um, and decided to share it on Facebook and stuck a trial net link on there too. And I was like, look, if anyone in your family has type one diabetes, y'all need to listen to this podcast because it just talks about so much that's not talked about often. Um, and then you also need to need to register for trial net. And Scott, even with the small amount of friends that i have on facebook mm-hmm. it has been liked once but if i throw up a new profile picture it gets a hundred likes in a few hours yeah you know
0: <laughs> social media doesn't work the way people think it does that that's for sure um yeah if i mean J- jenna listen if if you're if you would show your scars and be like look what i did oh my god Everybody be like oh my god jenna's such a superhero <laughs> like 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 you, you know what i mean like it, it's interesting mm-hmm. what like gets people to go and so like think of that like it, it, um, it just, it, it's not as easy as you think. And so even when you see like, you know, Instagram papered like, you know, with all those influencers get, you know, these deals with people, like, you know, if you sign somebody up, you get money. That's how it works for me for T1D Exchange. Every time somebody finishes the survey, I get an amount of money Mm -hmm. Um, that even those influencers don't touch it. Like they don't get anybody. It's just, it's, it's hard to find the people and well, you know,
1: And what's okay, so now that I have been implanted with stem cells, they can't I don't qualify for another similar type of study. Like you've been implanted with precursor pancreatic cells. You can't go try the other company's precursor pancreatic cells. Yeah,
0: you're out of you're out of the you're out of the game now. Yeah. Yeah. Biocite's got you now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Fourteen people across the country. How many, With the NCAT product. Do you know yeah. how many they wanted?
1: So so I do think that they are doing this in stages. Um, I think that they're trying to find, you know, how we've talked about, I've got dose finding units inside me. I think that they are doing it in stages because this is approved as a phase one, two clinical trial that studies. Um, oh, goodness. It studies the efficacy, the safety, um, and the engraftment of these devices. So, I think they're probably enrolling people, and I think they're they're still recruiting. So, I think another set of people will have surgery. And this is just my own, my own. I don't know. This is how I would run it. I'd put a different amount of cells in the next set of people, you know. Like if that's what I need to study is how many cells go in you, then then I have to do different amounts. We were all promised that we would get cells inside of us. None of us know how many cells we have.
0: Oh, (laughs) oh, I see. You could have four, and somebody else could have four million. (laughs) I see. Yeah, yeah, okay. Mm, Well, that makes sense. I, I, it's those those double blind studies. I mean, think about that. People who go into studies. And
1: And there's a placebo. Yeah, Yeah. there's a
0: placebo. They're like, you have cancer. Some of you are going to get super medicine we think is going to work. And some of you are going to get a sugar pill. And you're like, "Uh, okay. You you know, like that's a a tough run. So you don't know how many. Will you ever know?
1: I don't think I will ever know how many cells are inside me. I don't think that I would know what that really means, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I would I would have to wait till it's over for them to publish results and, and the results aren't gonna say, hey, it took this many sales for it to work because that would be proprietary information, you know. Um
0: hmm. well, it's such a so, it's such a lovely and sad thing at the same time, you know, like the idea that you might not even get the full the full juice and uh somebody else will uh, but it doesn't matter, they're taking it all from you in a year anyway. So it's <laughs>
1: that really gets you doesn't it oh
0: my god are you kidding it's a terrible terrible thing to do to somebody (laughs) it would be like if you made me tall and handsome and then they're like a year from now you're gonna go back to where you are I'm like uh maybe I don't even want to do it you know what I mean like
1: (laughs) so yeah I guess I got over that hurdle really quickly because I did think that at one point but now I hear you say it and I'm like huh yeah, they don't bother me. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I'm just I'm I love to complain. So I would just I would call them every day. I'd be like, you know, you guys, ought to consider just letting me keep this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that even participating in a clinical trial, you have to be flexible while you're going through it because they give you these guidelines and when you're going to do stuff and when stuff's going to happen and then. then it, it, it's like you're actually playing basketball. Once you're on the court, you don't know where the ball went and <laughs> Did
0: they ever change and, on you. Did they ever tell you, Hey, it's going to be Thursday. And then all of a sudden they're like, no, it's not Thursday anymore.
1: Uh, yeah, they changed times. They, I, I mean, and then like stupid stuff happened, like, you know, the Texas snowstorm last
0: <laughs> that January,
1: February. Yeah. And it, like it bumped back surgeries that week. So it bumps back everybody's surgery. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, because they have one doctor that does the surgeries here. So there are four um, trial sites, not trial sites, but there are four offices across the country that are implanting people for this biocide trial. And so um, there's one in Atlanta, Georgia, and a couple in California, and then this one in Austin, Texas. And so um, if I had not lived in Austin and this had not been my endocrinologist's office there's no way that I would travel to participate in this trial because it's so invasive Mm. and because there's so many visits, but like with my mom and her primary progressive aphasia, there were clinical trials going on at various parts of the country. And we only did local ones here at the university of Texas, but um, I would have flown to Chicago now taking a person with dementia on a plane to Chicago it's a bigger deal. Right. <laughs> um but yeah, I and also, I mean, I guess Scott uh, my sister-in-law works at NIH on brain cancer research. Like it, clinical trials are just something that our family talks about on a regular basis yeah. and um
0: you understand the process and and how right. necessary it is and that it might not be as fruitful as you'd hope and things like that, but it's still important. Right. Yeah. Well, that's very kind of you. I appreciate you doing it. Thank you very much.
1: Well, you're very welcome. Yeah. I, I don't feel like it's something kind of me. Uh, some of my friends are kind of like, just make sure you come off as sounding good and like you're not doing it selfishly. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, wait, well, yeah, there's this. A- <laughs>
0: while you're on the podcast?
1: <laughs> that's what they're like, you know, you really want this to work. And I'm like, yeah, I want it to work. I mean, heck, it'll save my life. It may in the future save. I mean, but the, both of my children have been through trial trial net and don't have the antibodies, but you know, I'm like, it may save a grandkids life. Who knows? Yeah. Um, well, I do. Th-
0: it's going to, it'll at least make people's lives better if it works. You know what I mean? Like, and they're, they're willing to, I mean, imagine like every two years you have a small surgery, like, you know, the surgeries you explained, you were having a ton of stuff implanted, but if you were just having one thing done, and then, I don't know, you started noticing your blood sugar slipping two years later and you went back in and they slipped another one in there. Like, I mean, I'd take that. That sounds pretty good to me. Y- you know, it's not a cure, but it's a, uh, I mean, if you don't have to manage insulin, it, you know, it's got to be the next best thing, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, even, even the amount of stuff inside me, I think if it was, Quick to start working and worked for a couple of years, I still think I would do it. Um, and I think that I would do it again in two years. I don't know if it took six months to ramp up how I would feel about it having to be replaced at two years and redone all the time.
0: Yeah. I wonder what they would do in that scenario. If there was a ramp up period do that? Does do you put one in? It takes six months to work, and eighteen months later you put in the next one, and then six months later you take out the first one. Like, do you like overlap them? Or I'm assuming that's the kind of stuff they want to learn by doing these trials too.
1: Yeah, and I mean, currently their their game is saying that it would take you know eight or nine dose finding units inside of a person, so eight or nine of these larger things inside of a person
0: mm. eight or nine of them mm-hmm. yeah this is still a ways off
1: it's a ways off <laughs> yeah, but yeah. <laughs> and but, but so do you want to hear like about
0: what do i want to hear about
1: um like right now can i fill the devices inside of me
0: oh my god i was gonna ask you that i just been waiting
1: <laughs> okay so if you were to grab my love handles you could fill three of them Um, they, they're there, they feel like credit cards underneath the skin. Mm -hmm. Um, there is one side of me when you look in the mirror that you can kind of see them sticking out the other side, you can't at all. (laughs) So that's kind of weird to me. (laughs) Um, but it's only the ones that are implanted towards the back, the ones that are implanted towards the belly button. You can't tell at all. And I have to press really hard to feel those. So, um, You know, it's, it's odd. Like it's, it's way more odd than like wearing an Omnipod, but it's also way less asked about than wearing an Omnipod because nobody can see y'all.
0: Yeah. D- does your husband feel them? I That was he a dirty question. I didn't them. mean it to be.
1: Yeah. So there are a lot of times that like, I'll be standing at the kitchen counter and he'll walk by and like grab me around the waist and I'll scream. He's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I forget. (laughs) Because he would press them in the wrong way and it just kind of hurts or grabs a little. Um, this has gotten better over the last few months, but at first it was actually sore. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It is actually improving as time goes on.
1: Um, the feel of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, Wow. I would imagine I would imagine that this is one of those things that people are gonna to listen to and think, "Oh my God, it's coming, it's coming, but I have to caution you like just because this is happening doesn't mean something like this is a year away or two. Years. this could still no, be, you know,
1: this I, is still this is still those ten years yeah, away, Scott. right. Like I know when we did an info session with a group of people about this, one of the other people participating in the info session. And she asked, well, you know, when they come to market, will I get a discount for them? And I just kind of rolled my eyes because I was like, yeah, when they come to market 10 or 15 years from now, like, you know, this is not a fast process, you guys. Um, But like the more participation out there and the more it's known about, the faster the process kind of gets, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. I think personally that, it's going to take a long time. It's going to be hard to get people on board to try them out, but you're gonna want those people's opinions that opinion that. Participated in the clinical trials. When you go to actually market the stuff, you know,
0: right, right. <laughs> I, I get your point, though. About the, you should have taken a piece of paper and like, yeah, let me just make you a coupon right now. Here you go. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You use that when it comes to market. Like you're, you're doing something for the future. It may not be for you. And right. Yeah. It, you really do have to think about it that way. Um, and and it takes a special person to, um, to have that thought and still want to follow through with it. You might not see yourself that way, but I mean, it's a big deal that you did this, and those other people as well. So, I um, I I loved at the beginning when you're like, I can't tell you any proprietary stuff, and I was like, Do you know proprietary stuff? Like, like, do you, no. I was like, How would you know any of that?
1: Nah. No. <laughs> I just, I'm a lawyer. We like to throw around big words. Oh, okay. All right.
0: So, I mean, I'm gonna ask you now. It's been in since the spring. Are you using the same more or less insulin than before you had the procedure?
1: I have always fluctuated in the amounts of insulin that I use. Um, I still have fluctuations. There are some days that I'm like, hmm, I feel like I constantly need to have a Pop-Tart in my hand.
0: So sometimes – so there are some days you feel like you're feeding your insulin? Yeah. Gotcha. Well, that is that hope – do you think that's anecdotal? I don't know. Yeah. Just hopeful? Do you ever have like a hopeful feeling?
1: I, I mean, you can't do this and not have a hopeful feeling, yeah. you know?
0: But has it happened to you one day where you woke up and you're like, oh, my God, I was low all night. This is it. Like, do you ever find yourself feeling that way? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, especially, you know, there are um, – we have to turn in our um, total daily dose daily. And so it's on my iPhone and it's, you know, a little chart and you can scroll back through and you can look at the mountains and the valleys of the total daily dose. And you're like, Ooh, it started going down a lot right here. And it's been going down for da number of days. And you're like, huh? Like, could this really like get us there? Right. And then you're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then it goes back again. You're like, Oh, uh. Maybe I just was like my hormones or something changed for a week or something like that. Uh, I is there anything I'm not asking you that I should be asking you because I'm out of my depth here on this. This may be the longest pause ever in the podcast. Uh,
1: well, it's the longest pause today's podcast. <laughs> no, um, I mean Scott, I. I don't think there's a ton of information that I can throw out there and be like, this is going to convince people to do this or not convince people to do this. Right. I will say this. If you have questions and you want to participate, find me on Facebook.
0: Okay. <laughs> Are you in the private <laughs> group? message
1: me? I am in your private group. Yeah, okay,
0: good. Uh, yeah. Well, when we put this episode up, I'll tag you in it so that people can okay. ask you questions if they like um, juice box podcast, type one diabetes on Facebook. Look at that just went right into my little ad voice there. Uh, Yeah, that would be really cool. Actually, this will go up sooner than later because it's timely. So I want to put it up uh, in that regard. I just, I really appreciate you coming on and and talking about it and being a proponent for, you know, trying to help. I happen, you know, like I said earlier, because of some of the interactions I have with different entities, I'm aware of how difficult it is to get people to do these things. right. Um, and not even something to this degree. Like it's hard to get anybody to do anything, and um, and, and there's uh, answers and um, possibilities that exist out there. That believe it or not, with your data will will get us to things more quickly. And uh, you know, so if you can participate in anything like this, or you know, all the way down to you know anything from having something surgically implanted all the way down to T1D exchange or you know, getting your information to trial net, I mean, which by the way, helps you as well, you know, right. um, that it's, it's got a bigger, more global value than you might anticipate. So.
1: That's all. The um, the things that you don't really think about are all those research offices that aren't on clinical You know, you've got the local re- endocrinologist research office that's, constantly testing a new meter or a new product or whatnot. And, um, you know, I've been on the Omnipod for over 12 years and I became allergic to the adhesive that they use on the Omnipod last summer Mm -hmm. and joined all these Facebook groups that are like allergic to the, no one seems to be allergic to the Omnipod one, but people are allergic to the Dexcom one and to the different ones. And Dexcom went out and had people test different adhesives for them. I'm like, can can Omnipod do that, please? Because yeah. right now I need stock in Johnson and Johnson HydroCell bandages to go under it as a barrier.
0: And <laughs> that's after all that. Have you ever tried just not cleaning it with alcohol too?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I've, I've tried pretty much everything. I, have, um,
0: I was going to just say that pretty recently, uh, a listener of the podcast sent me a picture, and they were wearing like six Dexcom. Mm-hmm. Dexcom G7s up and down their arms and they're like, look, I'm in an adhesive trial for Dexcom Mm -hmm. Adhesive and I was like, oh, cool, like, that's why are you telling me? (laughs) And she goes, "She goes, I got the opportunity through the T1D exchange because I signed up, uh, because I filled out the survey and then they reached out and they're like, do you want to do this too? And she's like, I could have just said no, but instead she's doing it. And another person sent me a picture at an airport and I was like, what's this? And she's like, I'm going to participate in research. And I was like, again, I'm like, I, why are you telling me? And she said, I got this opportunity through the T1D exchange. And I was like, oh, cool. And I just heard from somebody the other day who's like sitting on a mountain of like Amazon gift cards because of T1D exchange. So you can just fill out the survey and be done with it. Or if there's other stuff and you're interested, that's how you find out about stuff like that. So that that's, um, I don't know. Plug it, away. Yeah, you just got to keep going because – uh, people don't understand they don't realize how how helpful they could be and how sometimes it, it's not a lot of effort to 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 give a lot back so
1: well and a lot of i mean like clinicaltrials.gov, gov like yesterday i went on there and typed out you know type one diabetes and put recruiting as the parameters and there were 171 results of of trials that are out there right now and like the juvenile diabetes cure Alliance claims that only 13 of those are, you know, for practical cures. And I'm like, well, get people in whatever they're interested in being in right now. Would I sign up for an Omnipod adhesive trial? Yes, yep. Sure bet. I would. Yeah, Right. Yeah.
0: Something important <laughs> to you, then, then it's, it, it's even that much more focused for you. I, right. all right. Well, listen, you're very cool to do this. I appreciate you wanting to come on and talk about this. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to forever wonder what a person from Arkansas sounds like now. Like now I imagine it's just you. And why is it not Arkansas? And I mean, don't you feel cheated if you're in Arkansas that they just took the word Kansas and put two letters in front of it?
1: Uh, I'm sure you do. But. Like,
0: you know, what if you lived in Pennsylvania? Would you be like, what could you <laughs> like not come up with another one? You know what I mean? Like just one more word. That's all you had to do. Just sit there five more minutes and think of one.
1: Do you think it originally was, O U R Kansas? <laughs>
0: Do you th- – well, I, uh, now I'm I saying have no it. no Was Arkansas first?
1: I have no clue. Did
0: Kansas just take Arkansas and lop off the two letters in the beginning? Maybe. And why would you name two places Kansas City that are so close to each other? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with people? <laughs> it's, not fix that, it. It. it's not that go fix it. Yeah, I'll get right on it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right <laughs> oh okay so just go flicks Arden yeah. blood sugar that's yeah, all you yeah, gotta yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs>
0: right now go figure out why people would make two kansas cities and put them so close to each other I, i'll let you know when i get an answer <laughs> thank you so Stop,
1: much it's been great to do this with you you're a lot of fun i appreciate you having me on
0: oh that is nice i am really amazing A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, GVOKE GLUCAGON. Find out more about GVOKE Hypopen at GVOKEGLUCAGON.com forward slash juicebox. You spell that com forward slash juicebox. Thanks also to Touched by Type 1. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, and it touched by type1.org. And don't forget, t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Go take that survey. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox podcast.